The 1970s, 1980s were the pinnacle of the sitcom. And there were all types of sitcoms that Americans digested. One of the more complex storylines was that of an alien who came to earth, married, and had a child. Does anyone want to take a guess at what this was? Yeah, Mork and Mindy. Remember these guys. This was Robin Williams' kind of breakout role as Mork. We don't remember the actress who was Mindy. Uh, Okay, you comedy nerds, I heard you. All right. I don't know what y'all said. I just heard some good mumbling out there. Uh, Jonathan Winters, who was, I mean, he was a classic comedian, was inserted in the third year. And by looking at this picture, you would uh, think that he would be either Mork or Mindy's father. But he was actually a character named Mirth, who was Mork and Mindy's child. Which was, was, what was different about him is he aged backwards because of his alien father. This is deep stuff, isn't it? Right, huh? All the kids are like, what in the world is this? It was bad TV. That's what it was. So you would talk to this middle-aged man and he would talk as a toddler, even though he looked like he would be old, sophisticated, experienced, and mature. Now, I bring up Mork and Mindy and specifically Mirth because I think for some of us, spiritually, we're kind of like Mirth. People would think we are mature and experienced and seasoned, but it wouldn't take long in conversation to realize spiritually we're toddlers. That's why I'm starting a new series today called Maturity, and I really feel like God wants all of us to examine this subject of maturity. And I found out that the New Testament talks about maturity a whole bunch. So we should do the same. This is not going to be one of those sermons today where we just look at every scripture that has the word maturity in the New Testament. We'll spend some time on that over the next couple of weeks and hit most of those scriptures as the Spirit leads us. But we're going to use as an anchor Ephesians chapter 4. Because Ephesians chapter 4 talks about maturity. The book of Ephesians and Colossians, which are companion books written by the same author, really focuses on this subject of maturity. So let's talk about that for a moment. Uh, there is kind of a working definition all of us have in our heads. I don't think I need to spend a whole lot of time trying to explain what maturity is. But I love this quote by Henry Nowen because I think it says a lot about maturity. It says it this way. Being children of God involves growing up and becoming like God. That, that quote has stuck with me this week. Being children of God involves growing up and becoming like God. Now, when he, let me be crystal clear. That doesn't mean becoming a God or like a God because he is holy, supreme, separate, and unlike cults, we don't become gods. That's what cults would say. But we manifest God's characteristics as his children. So while, while Jesus says, hey, you need to have a childlike innocence and a childlike faith, uh, we should not have childlike character. Our character needs to become more and more like Christ, more and more like God. So today, I 
I, I want to talk to you about walking worthy. Walking worthy. And here's our key scripture. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. Therefore I, this is Paul, the prisoner for the Lord. He was literally a prisoner. Here's the key phrases for today. Urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received. This is a phrase that I want you to digest today. I want you to meditate on this throughout the week. Walk worthy of the calling you have received. Now, later on in Ephesians chapter four, we, we deal specifically with the issue of maturity and in subsequent messages, we're gonna spend more time in verse 11 through 13, but let's read it today just so we know where we're headed. Verse 11, and he being Jesus now, Jesus personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the training of the saints in the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith. We talked about that two weeks ago. And in the knowledge of God's son, growing into a mature man with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. There's a whole lot going on in there. We won't unfold all of those this morning. But I want you to see that word mature man. And you'll see through your Bible concordance that the word matures in the scripture a whole bunch. That's what God has called us to be. And this is what I want you to hear clearly, what the Lord's saying to you, is the Lord wants you to be mature in Christ. The Lord wants you to be mature in Christ. That's what God wants from you. When I was in college, I, I grew up in the Dallas area, and I went to college in Kansas City. I came back that first summer, and I started working with our youth group now, not as a student, but as a sponsor. Kind of like some of our college kids are doing this summer. Robert, I think about the great work Robert's doing with our teenagers. And, and so here I was working with our students. And I remember we had an activity pending. An activity was coming up. Everyone was making plans. And there was a man in our church who had several grandkids in the youth group. His adult children all attended our church. And so a big, you know, a handful of his grandkids attended our church. And he saw me in the hallway and he said, come here, Aaron. He puts his arm around me. And he said, I want you to know something. He said, we know that our grandkids are in good hands because you're attending this activity. He went on to say, we know that you're gonna watch over them and that they're gonna be safe. You're gonna do everything you can to keep them safe. And we're just happy you're going on this trip or activity, whatever it was. And when he did that, it called something out of me. It, it was an invitation to maturity. It was a chance for responsibility. And at that moment, I could have resisted that. I could have shaken off the responsibility. I could have resisted the responsibility. I could have avoided the responsibility. I could have deferred it. I could have said, well, you know, it's not really my responsibility to watch these stupid kids, All right? There's a youth pastor that gets paid. That's not my responsibility. I could have backed out of being a leader and just run around with my buddies because that's a lot 
to ask a 19-year-old to do. But instead, it was a moment for me to step in to what I believe God was using that particular individual to call out of me. So there was a calling. Now, why is it? Why is it that we don't mature? Why is it that we don't mature? There could be lots of reasons. And we've all known people who just don't mature. I, I was in Dallas earlier this week visiting the, the guy who was the best man in my wedding. And he uh, had a health scare back in the spring. And so I went to spend some time with him and uh, found out that among our group of friends, you know, some of us had matured. We had moved beyond high school. We had jobs and wives and families and mortgages to pay and things to do. Others in our group, we're still in high school, 20 years later. They're still living, living in high school, not stepping into responsibility. Why is it that we do that? Why is it that we avoid maturity? There's, there's probably lots of reasons, but I think it could be summed up in this. Fear. We're afraid of maturity. Because if maturity, if we step into maturity and let God mature us, we think, That'll change me. Well, guys, listen, I want you to know this. You are going to change regardless. Okay, no, no matter what happens, you will change. The question is, will you allow God and his spirit and his principles and his truth to mold those changes to make you the person God's called you to be? That's what this is about. Often, we avoid maturity and remain immature simply because we don't want to be like our dad or we don't want to be like our mom or we don't want to be like a leader that's been in our lives. And we think, wow, you know, if I start taking responsibility and if I step into maturity, then I'm going to be like someone else. And I just want you to know this, that though we're influenced by parents, by leaders, God's made us individuals. And he has a unique DNA. He has a unique personality for us. He has a unique plan. And maturity is going to look good on you. I want you to know that. When you are mature, it's going to rest well. It's going to be a positive in your life. It's a good change. Maturity is a good thing. Listen, let's not listen to the voices of culture that, that say delay maturity, put off maturity, avoid maturity. Instead, God has called us to maturity. Let's go back to that first verse. It's been a few minutes since we've read it. I, the prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of what? The calling. The first thing I want to discuss with you is your call. And we... we Reference this a whole bunch, and we should, because God is speaking. God is speaking. That's the call, and he's called you to do things, and he's called you to be somebody, and he's called your involvement, and, and he's speaking, and he wants listening ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. So as we listen to his call, a lot of times we get preoccupied with, with things about our call that are kind of the dressing or, or kind of the icing on the cake. So we get real preoccupied like with our occupation. 
You know, should I take a new job or should I pursue a new career? We get preoccupied with our geography. You know, should I live here in Tennessee or move back to California or to Ohio? We get preoccupied uh, with, with all types of issues relationally. But, but here is where the call starts. You know, all of our calls are different as far as vocation and biblical assignments and we have unique calls. But here's what all of our calls have in common. Every one of our calls in this room needs maturity because without maturity, the call won't develop. The call won't sustain. Without maturity, the call doesn't mean anything if we don't let God mature that within us. So it is that God is calling maturity out of you and that applies to every area of your life, everything he's assigned you to. He wants you to grow. He wants you to progress. He wants you to get his perspective. He wants you to have the knowledge and the wisdom that comes from the Lord. Look at some of these scriptures in Colossians. These, these are some of the scriptures that are a, really a companion scriptures with the book of Ephesians. Colossians chapter one, verse 28 and 29, it says, we proclaim him being Jesus, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom. And here's the purpose of teaching. Okay, here's the purpose of hearing sermons and biblical teaching and 242 groups and Bible studies, Tuesday morning, Tuesday evening Bible studies, all of this stuff. We teach everyone with wisdom so that we may present everyone, what? You'll see it, mature in Christ. Verse 29, I being Paul, labor for this, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. Paul's saying like, I am busy about God's work. I am striving, I am working. I, I am doing a job. And what is that job? Go back to verse 28. Is so that we can present everyone mature in Christ. This is the call of God for you guys and for us as God's people. I want you to know something. Okay, you are here today, if you're part of this church, not just to occupy space and a seat. And I want you to know this that you are not a piece of the machine known as the church at Indian Lake. Okay, you're not just part of a system. God has a call on your life and that call is for maturity. I, I want you to grow. I wanna grow. I don't wanna be the same pastor three years from now that I am now. I don't want us to be the same people. I don't want our love to go backwards or our love to even to stay the same. I want to mature. I want to grow. I want us to go somewhere together. That, that's what God's called us to do. God's called us to be his people who are following him, who are striving and we're laboring so that every one of us can be mature in Christ, pleasing the Lord, being everything God wants us to be. This same theme continues later on in chapter four. Chapter four, four verse 12 says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a slave of Christ Jesus greets you. Look at this phrase. He's always contending for you in his prayers. Like kind of fighting, kind of working it out. You know, you know go, going after it in, in prayer and intercession. 
Why? So that you may stand mature and fully assured in God's will. That's what maturity is. Knowing this is that I'm walking with God's spirit. I'm in God's word. And that's the most important thing in my life. Everything else is gonna fall in place. Listen, it is. Those of you who are seeking God for a spouse, listen, walk with the Lord. Be with God. Be with God. And maturity will place you exactly where God has you. It's our It's our call. It's our call to mature our faith, to develop our faith, to grow. The enemy wants you to be stagnant. He wants you to stay the same. The enemy doesn't want to see progress in your life. Can you just feel God's word and God's spirit just calling us forward? You know, just pressing us forward. Say, come on, let's get with it. Let's go, people. Come on, let's not just aimlessly walk through life without thought, without direction, you know, without effort, with no, with no aim. Let's be about the Lord's business, developing the inner man. So there's strength in your inner man. I want you to imagine that inner man being strong in the Lord. I mean, strong in the spirit. That is not for the spiritual elite. It's not for the special. It's for every one of you. Every one of you. There's a strength that God wants you to have. There's a strength that God has available. And by grace, he's presented it to you. I mean, it's right there. I'm doing a lot of walking these days because, you know, the last 20 years I've been a yo-yo jogger. I get all into jogging and I get my mileage up and my time down and then I take three or four months off and I start over again. So I thought, well, you know, I'm going to go for consistency. So I walk a lot and I have to, you know, to, to, for it to be beneficial, I have to walk a long ways. It takes quite a bit of time to do all that. So I developed kind of a system, you know, I start off I grab a family member and my dogs. My dogs have had years of not walking and not many of you have seen these dogs, but they are, they are desperately in need of exercise, okay? So we've got the little GPS on our phone and they go about 0.6 miles, 0.7 miles and they're, they're out of it, all right? Then usually like Luke here or Beth or, or Abby, Lincoln doesn't really like walking yet, but they'll go with me you know, another mile and a half maybe. So now we're up to about two miles. And then typically, sometimes they'll peel off, not so much Luke, but some of the others will peel off. Now I'm getting in trouble, all right. (laughs) If you didn't see, I got quite a look from my wife right there. And then by the time I've walked the dogs, the family's walked, I don't have very much further to go. And it's been a good actual metaphor Walking's been a good metaphor for me, just physically, because you know what happens when you walk? You have to choose the direction. You know, we have to make some choices. So we, hey, today we, we want to go to this park. You want to go to Moss Wright Park? Or you want to go to Library Park? Or, or do you want to walk in the neighborhood? If we choose a neighborhood, which direction do you want to start? Which way do you want to go today? Do you want to take the hill? And, and so by nature of walking, there's movement, right? I mean, that makes sense. You, you got to pick a direction. You got to go somewhere. And on that walk, because it's a more leisurely pace than running, it's conducive to conversation. So good conversations happen. And when I'm by myself, uh, good prayers happen. 
you know, as this is just, my prayer life has increased as I've walked. And the Bible talks about walking a whole bunch. And that's our second category to discuss today. Walking. How do we walk? The Bible talks about walking. And when the Bible talks about walking, it's referring to a way of life. Let's have a, let's walk with the Lord. Let's have a way of life with God. A direction. When you're walking with the Lord, you have a direction. When you're walking with the Lord, you have a next step. You may not know what next year brings, next month brings, next week brings, but when you're walking with the Lord, you have a next step because the scripture says his word is a lamp unto your feet and a light to your path. You have a direction. Can I just say some of you feel very stuck today. You feel like there's no movement in your life. There's no direction in your life. You don't know where to go. You feel stuck. You feel like there's not progress happening. I cannot predict the dynamics of your life. But I can tell you this, is that I know the one who knows the next step. And when you're walking with the Lord, you have somewhere to go. I want you to hear that. When you're walking with God, you have somewhere to go. You have a next step. You have a next place. The Holy Spirit is your companion. He, he's there with you. And, and there's an issue of loneliness too. Some of you need to understand that loneliness can happen in a crowd. That's one of the loneliest places you can be. Some of you may be in a housing situation where people are all around, but you're very lonely. And I want you to know that you're not alone. When you can walk with the Lord, he's your companion. Some of you are in solitude. You're in more solitude than you would choose. But the Lord wants you to know you're not alone. You're not alone in solitude. I pray for, on a pretty regular basis for a man named Kenneth Bay. As far as we know, he's in a prison camp in North Korea right now. State department's working, trying to get him out of there. With the time differences, I often imagine what he's going through. And I say, Lord, let him, let him know he's not alone. God's presence is with him. God's presence is with him. You're not alone. You're walking with someone. And I think one of the most beautiful stories in the Bible, it's not a long story, but it's found in Genesis chapter five, verse 24. It's a man named Enoch. It said Enoch walked or had a way of life with God. And he was not there because God took him. A really, really neat story. Hebrews echoes the story. Evidently, Enoch and Elijah have been the only two who haven't had a natural death yet. Elijah was taken to heaven in a chariot of fire. He was taken up to heaven. And Enoch, also, we don't know how he went, but there's precedent. God just took him. And what I like about this verse is the idea that Enoch was so close to God, he was walking with God, his way of life was with God, that God just took him. And God has a plan, a bigger plan from within that that we'll see as time unfolds. But the practical aspect I want you to get this morning is a closeness and nearness to God, a companionship with God, God giving direction. 
A lot of times what we're doing is we're walking in our own understanding. We're walking in our own wisdom. And we're trying to create pathways in our life by human effort, by manipulation. We're trying to chart out a course for ourselves when God has the path for us. First thing is walking with the Lord. Before you choose a career, before you choose a new city, before you choose a spouse, before you do anything, choose the Lord. Choose the Lord. And the Spirit will take you to the right place. You'll be right there where God wants you to be, in the middle of God's will. So don't delay maturity. Listen, some of us are not pursuing spiritual maturity because we don't like the environment of our life right now. And it's a subtle form of rebellion. We're like trying to manipulate God saying that we're not saying this, but we're living this. I'm not pursuing, uh, I'm not pursuing spiritual maturity because I don't want to get stuck where I'm living or I'm not pursuing spiritual maturity because I don't want to have to make a change. And, and we're, we're being stubborn in that. And listen, put God first right now, wherever circumstance you're in, whether you like it or not, he's, he's first. Maturity in the Lord saying, that's what I'm called to before anything else. I'm called to maturity, to growth in the Lord. God wants that to happen. Pastor Matt, you're in here. Thank you. Matt, this is our youth pastor, Matt Malone. Come on up here because I want him to help me with something. You know, talking about walking with the Lord, we've had kind of a serious sermon. You guys are listening real good. But I thought that Matt, I didn't really warn him about this till the first service, is gonna help us a little bit. Now, Matt's a showman, right? If y'all don't know this, this guy, look, he's all, he's all fired up, ready to go. And so I wanted to, uh, us to have a little history lesson here, like a demonstra demonstrative history lesson on the history of different kinds of walks, right? Y'all ready for this? So first walk, I, I want you to show us what a, what a trot is. Oh no, now he wants a mic. Okay, here we go. He's had time to think about this. All right, yeah. Hold, trust me, hold your applause to the end. Trust me on this one. All right, all right, I got one for you. What about the shuffle? The shuffle. All right. uh, face the All right, what, what about, now this is something that I know a lot of your teenage boys think they have, but they don't. Uh, and a lot of guys are trying this, the strut. Luke Allison. <laughs> Where's my wife at? Is over here? Where's over here? She's 
All right, last one. This is circa, this is circa like 1983 or something. The, the classic news about the moonwalk. Can you do it? Shimon. That's the word. Come on, man. We got to go. All right. All right, good. All right. Good job. Give him a hand. All right. Hey, there's a lot of different style of walking. That's the last thing I want to talk to you about is your style. Some of us, we are walking with the Lord, but our style, let's put that up, is the not what God wants it to be. Can we get that up, style, the word style? So here's the deal. It's not just if you're walking, because some of you need to get walking with God again today. I mean, believers, that you're just not walking with the Lord. But it's how you're walking, too. What style? You know, we don't want to have the strut. We don't want to have the moonwalk. We don't want to walk pridefully. But let's look at Ephesians 4.1 again. And this is in the ESV. And it says it this way. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Walk in a manner worthy. Listen, God wants us to take evaluation. This is part of spiritual maturity. Not just if we're walking with the Lord, but what's our style? Are we walking in a worthy way? Are you walking in a way that's worthy of your calling? Are you representing your calling well? Are you walking in a way that makes God's calling evident in your life? This is the challenge, and this is a scripture that I want you to meditate on this week, okay? It's easy to remember, Ephesians 4.1. Get your Bibles out later, mark it, pray through this. I urge you, Walk in a manner worthy, a style worthy of the calling which you've been called. So how do we walk worthy? Let me just give you a couple of points for, as we're going to closing. Is listen, we, we need to walk in a worthy way. First of all, we gotta walk in the truth. And this is more of a challenge than it's ever been before. And it is not okay to, to trust our, our own judgment anymore. Guys, God's calling us to be students of the scripture. You can be students of the scripture in a lot of different ways. I know a lot of you I've talked to aren't readers, don't like to read. Do you know that in your U version now that you can actually listen to the scripture and you could listen to the scripture? Podcast of Bible-based preachers. Check out their background. Getting in the scripture on a regular basis. And, and I just implore you to have a regular sufficient diet of scripture like never before okay this is not this is not youth group like you have to read your bible kind of thing no no insult to youth groups i was a youth pastor for a long time but this is like a, a mandate from god like guys we got to get in truth because we can't trust our judgment anymore we really can't we shouldn't have been in the first place let's trust the judgment of the lord Let, let's trust the ways of the Lord. So let's be people of scripture. So when we're walking in a worthy way, we're walking in truth. I believe we need to walk in humility. It's just kind of extra stuff, extra stuff in the sermon here today. You know, when we lived in a time when Christians were the majority, we were a little too prideful, a little too militant, trying to imposed Christianity and it didn't really work. Now we have to face a sad reality that Christians are in the minority in America today. 
We are. So we need to walk with humility and take the servant's towel that Christ did and serve one another and therefore serve the world so that humbly we can give the message of love. And there's power in humility and then walk in love. These aren't the only things. This is not an exhaustive list. These are just things that came to my heart. How do we walk worthy? Walk in truth, walk in humility, walk in love. What God's called us to do and who God has called us to be. I wanna invite our ushers to begin to prepare for corporate communion. And this is what I wanna say to you today. Listen, I, I know some people are visiting today. Some of you are checking out our church or you're here you're, you're here from out of town with friends and welcome. I'm so glad all of you are here. But if God's assigned you to this church and if I'm your pastor, I, I want you to hear this. As your pastor, I believe God is calling maturity out in you. And I wanna challenge you in that. And I wanna say, listen carefully, it is not okay to stay immature spiritually. The Lord wants you to know that. That is not sufficient. That's not satisfactory. You, you don't have the option to make that choice. No more fear. No more fear. Instead, step in to the things God has called you to step into. Don't delay any longer. The Lord needs you. The Lord has chosen to need you. And we need you. And your family needs you and the people around you. The enemy wants you to to avoid responsibility. The enemy wants you to delay maturity. But I, I, through the power of the Lord, I just challenge you. Come on, let's change, guys. Let's get in it. Girls, let's do it. Let's be women of, of faith and women of power and women of maturity. Guys, let's step into the God-assigned role he's given us. That's what God's called us to do. And I think that the greatest sign of maturity our no greater sign, let's put it this way, is humility. And we're gonna take the Lord's Supper this morning in humility. And I want you to know this, that none of us, is, none of us are qualified through our morality to take communion this morning. I'm not qualified, but Jesus has qualified us. So before we take communion, we're all going to pray. You don't have to take communion if for whatever reason, it could be of various reasons, you wanna let it pass, that's fine. But all of you are welcome. Take the bread, take the cup, hold it. Here, I'm gonna come back, we're gonna to pray together, we're gonna to take it in solidarity. And, and we're going to make sure all of us are taking communion in a worthy manner as the Lord has called us to. Fully glorifying Jesus, repenting of our sins, you'll have a chance to do that. I'm, I'm gonna be doing it with you. And we're gonna get things right with the Lord and make sure we're right with him. So prepare your hearts. Hear God's call to maturity this morning and just let that rest on you and let that just come on you and be a good thing. <coughs> Evaluate where your heart is. And in a few minutes, I'll come back in just a couple minutes and pray with you. Let me pray for you now. God, get our hearts ready, Lord, to be your people. Thank you for the scripture that's really clear today. We wanna to walk worthy, walk in a way that pleases you and go towards maturity in the Lord. As we reflect on these things, please let any sin that has offended your holiness come to our mind so that we would repent of those sins.
So Lord, we present our hearts to you in Christ's name. As Beth ministers in